All right, real quick, people, before we get into today's show, we've just released a new course, Periodization for Periods, all around how to train women around their monthly cycle, and we've got it on special. If you're interested, click the link in the show notes. You are now listening to the Bootcamp Blueprint, the place where personal trainers can learn how to grow their bootcamp and social media. Here's your host, Jono Petrohilos. Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to the Bootcamp Blueprint, the place where personal trainers go to grow their business. I'm super excited because we have an expert from the complete other side of the world with us uh, today and actually my favorite state in the whole world she's from. It's where I went to college in North Carolina, so I'm super excited to have her. Little bit of background about this person. She's a former fitness studio owner. She actually ran a successful boot camp, very successful. She managed to, well, she started it, she ran it, and she sold it for a six-figure profit in less than three years. So if you're listening to this and you're like, wow, you know, I run a boot camp and I don't know if I could sell it for six figures and I've been in the game for longer. She's the person you want to listen to. She's also run online businesses, online weight loss businesses, and now her current business is online. What she does now is she actually helps serve other fitness business owners as a coach. Her specialty is building businesses from $0 to over $10,000 a month in less than six months. So that, that's probably, we could end the podcast there, right? I should just give everyone a link and they can jump on and go that because that sounds like a pretty good deal. So if you're not making $10,000 a month at the moment and you want to do it in six months time, I think this is the person to help. And this is both online and brick and mortar strategies that she can help people with. And what's most important, she does it using authentic marketing strategies, which I love. But anyways, let me introduce, without further ado, the one and only Ms. Nicole Spencer. Nicole, how are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm super excited to have you on. I know that you're an absolute rock star in what you do. So I'm excited and I'm excited for my listeners as well. Nicole, I like to start all my podcast interviews off with a quote or mantra that inspires you or fires you up. Have you got one for us? Oh my gosh. Um, yes. Okay. So what's been really interesting to me in my evolution as a business owner is like when we first start out, we, we want to, you know, we, we just want to like make money and pay bills and that kind of thing. Right. And then as you evolve and you grow and you earn more money and you help more people, you know, the, the dreams and aspirations become much higher. And then when you really step into this next level of your life where maybe you're helping more people than you ever thought you could, you're earning more money than you ever thought you could, what I've personally run into, so I don't know if I've ever actually shared this before, what I've actually run into is like, I've been working so hard for so many years that you kind of like lose track of what really inspires you on a personal level and like what your hobbies are, or maybe you don't have any or whatever. And so there's this Tony Robbins quote that just really resonates with me at this point in my life. And he says, success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. And it's really fascinating because I've talked, well, for myself and other people who are, you know, earning really well and have successful businesses they run into that moment where it's like all the hard work has given them the financial reward and then they have to really reconnect with the things that, um, you know, kind of fuel their soul. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. So that's kind of the thing that's really standing out in my mind. 
Love it. You had me at Tony Robbins. He's um he's my <laughs> idol actually. I'm going. Have you been to his wealth and health seminars at all? I've been to Unleash the Power Within, but not not anything oh, else. Yeah. I um I went to that last year actually in Sydney, Australia, and mm-hmm. I loved it so much. I just signed up for every program that he's ever got. So I'm actually yeah. heading to Fiji next week to do his. Very uh, his nice. I looked at doing that when I was there, and I was like, "Put the credit card away." Yeah, <laughs> yeah he sucked me. Well, it took You're me two goes. Like, took, I need this. <laughs> it took me two goes. You know, I went two years ago, and I was like, "Ah, this is cool," but I don't think I'm ready. And then I went the next year, and I'm like, "Nah, I can only take. I've got to just do it." So I'm yeah, super excited awesome. for that. But hey, Nicole, what I'd like to talk about today is a couple things. Essentially, your story because. I don't know it actually, and it sounds like a really cool story. So I was hoping we could talk about that even for the full 30 minutes. And then along the way, you drop what you've learned. So my listeners can walk away with this with like, wow, that's cool. And it's an inspiring story. But I've also got a whole heap of tips and takeaways that I can implement right now from someone who's actually done it. Is that cool with you? Yes, let's do it. Awesome. Well, I'm going to hand the ball over to you, Nicole. I'm happy for you to start wherever you want to start take as long as you want to take and let us know how'd you get to where you are now okay well feel free to interrupt (laughs) with questions um so i never aspired to be an entrepreneur and i never aspired to be in the fitness industry so my first career after college i was actually a high school english teacher and that was terrible (laughs) and so i only lasted like two and a half years three years doing that and um i always had wanted to go to graduate school so i ended up applying to a school and getting a scholarship to get a master's in Holocaust and genocide studies. So I actually have a master's degree in Holocaust and genocide studies. So none of this sounds like fitness. (laughs) So when I was getting that master's degree, I... I'd never liked going to the gym. I, I had never liked, like I'd hired, even in my early 20s, I'd hired personal trainers to try to make me like it. And I hated it, but I had grown up as a dancer and I loved that. And I had always practiced yoga um, ever since I was maybe 19 or 20 or something. And so while I was in grad school, uh, this was 2008, I was taking about a dozen yoga classes a week at a studio. And I, this new class popped up one day and it said kettlebells and I was like, huh, okay, well that must be some type of yoga that I haven't heard of because this was before <laughs> like kettlebells were mainstream. So I had no idea. And I went to this class and I fell in love with it instantly. It was like this fate thing. And so I started going to that regularly and getting really strong. And when, uh, when I graduated from school, I ended up in New York city and was applying for jobs more in my field. If Holocaust and genocide studies is a field, I was applying for jobs with like the United Nations and uh, different NGOs, non-governmental organizations, and just not getting anywhere. Um, (laughs) And so I was working out so much at that point. I was like, well, you know, maybe I'll become a personal trainer because I did not want to go back to teaching high school. And so I got my personal training credentials. I started, I got a job at an Equinox, which I don't know if you have in Australia, but it's like a luxury health club. Yes. Um, they're all over Manhattan, LA, like the big cities. So I got a job at one of those and a couple months later got my first kettlebell certification. And so I worked for Equinox. So it's like a box gym, but high end mm. and uh, started doing personal training there. 
And they promoted me to actually manage the personal training department after about four months. So I was like brand new to personal training. And then I had a staff of like 40 people under me. Um, And I did not enjoy that. I I learned in that moment that I did not enjoy working for a corporation. So now I didn't like teaching and I didn't like working for a corporate box gym. And to compound what I did not enjoy was, and all the trainers listening to this know this story, was that not only did I work there, but to make that more money, I did private and home sessions, um, you know, before or after work and taught kettlebell classes, um, at a different facility. And it was just those really long hours to where, you know, in the winter I wasn't seeing daylight and it was really not a whole lot of fun. Uh, after a very short period of time, and I, I know people do this for way longer than I did, but after about a year and a half of all of that, have the opportunity to move and go to uh, Georgia in the U.S., so all the way south. And when I got there, I was married at the time, and it was for his job. And I got there, and I was like, okay, we moved from Manhattan to this tiny little town, and there was like, no pe- it felt like no people there. I'd never lived in a town that small before. And I was just like, okay. I thought before I got there that I wanted to open a boot camp, and then I got there and I was like, whoa, this is really scary. There's no people here. And, um, and I started kind of sharing my idea around town. So like, you know, I'd establish a new doctor and be like, oh, I think I'm going to do this thing. And they'd be like, yeah, people aren't really interested in that around here. Mm-hmm. And then I remember talking to this guy. He was actually in charge of wellness at a law enforcement training center there. And he told me that people would be more interested in buying barbecue out of my car than they would fitness. <laughs> and so I had all these people telling me that it was a really bad idea. And what I did was really the first key that is why I have created the success that I have today. And I believed in my idea, but not enough really to do it. So I went to an event. I went to a conference that was for fitness professionals. Um, and I mostly went because I didn't have a job. I didn't have anything to do. And it was convenient. So it was about a three-hour drive from where I was living. And so I went there and I saw all these people who were doing what I wanted to do. And it just turned my belief system on. Mm-hmm. And I ended up getting a business coach after that event. And because I not only turned on my belief system around what was possible because I saw other people do it, I just trusted in my coach so much and I let them help me set up my business. So everything from my packaging and pricing to my sales system to some of the operational pieces. And that is the reason coaching is the, is the reason then and now that I have created the success that I have because I have not ever tried to go it alone. Um, And so because of all of that and just having systems in place and things like that, I was able to scale to over $10,000 within the first six months of being in business. And this is really unusual for fitness studios or brick and mortar facilities is that I was profitable. So my business was bringing in more money than I was putting out every month in the second month. And so you have to remember there was a tiny little town where I didn't know anybody less than a year before. And then I had 50 clients in my first three months sign on and about just under a hundred in the first year. And so it just took off really, really fast. And that came down to a couple of things. Um, So the first thing I would say is that we had an awesome client experience. Mm -hmm. So people loved coming to us. 
they felt at home, they got results, they were well taken care of, we cared if they didn't come, right? And so we were real people, by we, I mean me and my, the, the trainer I hired after a couple of months, and we just had amazing relationships with our clients and very quickly started producing transformation stories. So we specialized in helping women lose over 25 pounds. So we had people dropping 25 pounds and 50 pounds and one did like 80 pounds in a year. One did over a hundred pounds. And it, so between the client experience that we were giving and the level of um, concern and care and commitment that we were giving them and the transformational stories that we were providing that nobody else in the area was, it just, it just helped. Like we became within a year, the go-to place for people who were finally ready to take action. And so if you don't have your client experience, especially, you know, the first 60 to 90 days that someone's with you really dialed in, that would be a really good area of opportunity for you to look at. Um, and yeah, do you have any questions? I feel like I'm just talking. <laughs> hey, I have heaps. I was, uh, I was waiting for a gap because it was just such good info. I'm like, man, this just give me more info, more info, more info. Let's summarize some takeaways that I've got from there and then let's get to the next part of your journey. All right. So few things that I've taken away here is the, actually I've got a, no, we'll summarize there. So it was from the convention. Now what, really happened there is Nicole didn't really believe before, right? She was like, ah, is this going to work? Is it not going to work? Everyone's telling me it's not going to work. So uh, I'm not going to do it. But what essentially broke her belief pattern was she saw somebody else was doing it successful. And sometimes that's all it takes. So my, my takeaway there to anyone listening to this, because a lot of questions I get is, oh, Jono, there's no money in the fitness industry. Hey, it's too saturated. Hey, there's too much competition. Hey, you can't make a full-time income. Like you've heard it as well, I'm sure, all those sort of things okay. there. What my suggestion would that would be would be, hey, is anybody else you know doing it successful? The answer is going to be yes. It's a billion-dollar industry, the fitness industry. So if someone else is doing it, hey, it's possible. It's just about how can you do it? So I think that's a good takeaway there. And Nicole's a perfect example. That's pretty much exactly what happened there, right? Yes, 100%. Now, mm -hmm. the other thing as well was the coaching. So I'm also a huge fan of coaching. I'm a huge Tony Robbins fan, as you now know, and as all my listeners know, I'm sure. Now, one thing that Tony Robbins talks about a lot, he talks about the hiring a coach. The way he explains it, uh, there's people that have spent, let's say, 20 years. There might be someone out there who's spent 20 years mastering a craft right? If you want to master that craft, which may be running a successful boot camp, well, hey, you've got two options. You can also spend 20 years trying to master that craft, or you can pay that person to teach you in like 20 days, right? And then you move on to the next thing, and then you move on to the next thing, and then you move on to the next thing. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, hey, I'm not too sure you know, why I'm not getting ahead, my advice would be, yeah, hire a coach because they've done it before. So it's just, why, why would you not? So I love that side of things there. And also the trust side of things, because there's always, and I've been guilty of this, and it sounds like you haven't been guilty of it, but maybe, maybe you have been, and you know, it's, it's a later down the track, where you know, we hire a coach, but then we don't freaking listen to them. You know, we hire someone who's you know, got the experience, has had heaps of people help results, but then we think we know it better, so we don't always listen to it. My advice would be, hey, if you've got a coach and they've got a track record of results, just follow that through, which is essentially what you did there as well, right, Nicole? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yes. Awesome. And then the client experience side of things, because in any business really, but especially fitness, we're essentially in the entertainment business, right? You can write mm -hmm. someone the best program, 
But if it's freaking boring, eh, there's a high chance they're not going to come back. All right? You can be the best trainer in the world, but if you actually know, here's another trainer, well, another quote that I love. Nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. So you can have two trainers. Let's use me and Nicole as an example. And let's say I'm a better trainer than Nicole, right? I'm a better trainer. I know more exercises. I write better programs. But Nicole cares about her clients more than I do. And she shows them that she cares. Hey, she's probably going to have a better, a more successful business. Even though I'm the better trainer, she's going to have the better business. And if you can combine both of those, be a good trainer and care more about your clients, your business is going to be booming, which is essentially what Nicole had there with the, the care side of things, but also the entertainment side of things, right? Like, and it's obviously a little bit different for everyone. Me, myself, I'm all about fun and entertainment. If you can, same thing, you can be the best trainer in the world. If your session's boring, I'm not doing it. And I heard a good example the other day. I was at um, Filex, which is basically our equivalent to an idea or a, mm-hmm. you know, a Ursa. Or yeah, heard of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And one of the keynotes, one of the speakers was telling a story. He went to, I think it was a Soul Cycle or one of those sort of places. And the, the experience the instructor gave was amazing. Like there was some loud music up there and not saying this is right or wrong, but the trainer was dropping a few F-bombs and, and getting quite, uh, you know, motivating and um, that side of things. Not saying that's for everyone, but it's an experience, right? Uh, yeah. She was also had like water pistols and she was walking around and, you know, spraying everyone with water pistols. And the, the speaker was saying, hey, I got out of that. And I was like, man, that was an experience. Oh, and by the way, I did a cycle class, right? So I think that's <laughs> another cool way to look at it. And even with like, oh, I've spent the last month in America. I went to some of these uh, American sports, you know, the hockey and the basketball, and they're really fun. And same thing, I'd walk out of them like, man, that was a good night. Oh, by the way, there was a basketball game on, you know? Oh, that was a fun night. Oh, by the way, there was a hockey game on. So, and it was a, a, a um, Hurricanes game, by the way, and they won. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I love that that user experience side of things yeah. as well. But is that is that a good summary? Would you, any more takeaways you could summarize for the listeners there, or is that a pretty good? Summary? I think that's a good summary. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Totally. All right. Well, I guess there's a few ways we can go from here. So, would you say we can either say from then when you sold this business, or is there any more advice you'd give trainers who are currently running that brick and mortar? And they're yeah. like, okay, great. You know, how can I get a hundred clients straight away? How can I make 10K a month? We've got the user experience side of things. Was there anything else you were doing particularly different or would you put that mainly down to user experience? Um, I would say having a, like an actual marketing strategy that worked for sure. Yeah. Like, like there were just things that I knew I needed to do, like growing and nurturing an email list. Um, this was at the time where people were just starting to use social media for business. So when that was appropriate, I started using that. Um, then networking, right? Like that was really big for me speaking. So I just, and then we got a lot of referrals as well, just cause it was a great service. So I, I had, number one, I had a strategy that I actually followed. Um, mm. and then, you know, I would do special offers and promotions as well. And I just became the loudest voice in my market very quickly because nobody was doing those things. It's like the simple things that should be habitual for every fitness professional and business owner, but most just don't take the time to do it. And it allowed me to stand out really quickly. The other thing is that, um, and granted, this was not a perfect process, but I hired a trainer after being open only two or three months. 
and I delegated. And again, it was very hard for me to let go of certain things. Ooh. So the piece of advice that I want to give for people with brick and mortar facilities and even people with online businesses who are like spending two hours trying to design something in Canva versus paying someone $20 on Fiverr to do it is like, you have to put trust in other people and you have to be able to delegate if you ever want to get ahead. Otherwise you just have a job and it's going to potentially like make you work really long hours and be a lot less fun than you want if you're not willing to trust in other people and delegate. So that was kind of huge for me. And actually the delegation um, so I hired a, a trainer. She became my lead instructor. Um, I was teaching the yoga classes too. I hired someone to do that. And then I hired another person to fill in the rest of my, uh, my fitness classes and also run my nutrition programs. So after two years, essentially, of running this business, I removed myself from the operation. So I was the marketer. Um, and I was able to do that position five to 10 hours a week a lot of it was remote. And uh, that year, so at the start of the third year that I owned the business, I took a job with the with a, another company doing business coaching for fitness professionals. And so I started doing the business coaching side of things and I really fell in love with it more than I fell in love with or more than I loved having a, a brick and mortar facility. And so that some life changes led me to put the business up for sale. So I've been doing business coaching for about 10 months, most of it remotely, um, really only walking into my gym every other week at that point, but still being very present via email, via our Facebook group and that kind of thing. So it was kind of like I wasn't missing a beat with people, which was really cool. And so, you know, I know that sounds like a dream for some people, but it only took me two years to do it. And it was just a matter of doing the right things at the right time and saying yes to getting help and, and that kind of thing. So, um, so I was able to do that. And then I put my business up for sale in June of 2015 and I sold it in July. So it was actually from the, from start to sale, like literally like listing to sale was maybe six weeks. Um, and so I'll tell you, you know, I actually just had someone from Perth reach out to me that I know, um, through just different connections. Um, when I was at a conference in Sydney, um, but he said, you know, I'm thinking about selling the business. You're the only one I know who's done it. What can, what advice can you give me? And um, there are a few things that make a business profitable if you do want to sell a business, whether that's like a couple years down the road or you're in that space right now. Number one is obviously showing profitability, right? So having money in the bank is a good thing. Number two would be lack of owner involvement in the day-to-day. -day. Mm. So you're going to have a really hard time selling your business for a decent number, right? Like you might be able to sell it to another trainer who wants to run the operations, but if you want to create a business that you're really able to profit from, having an owner removed from the day-to-day -day grind is really important and that's going to be important to a buyer. So if you're like still in, you know, if you're still in the weeds doing all this stuff, you've got to start to think about how you can get some help and delegate and, um, having some systems in place is critical. And the other thing that really makes a business appealing, this, this type of business anyway, is having clients that are in agreements. So making sure that your packaging and pricing includes recurring revenue so that there is projected income coming in because that's going to be really scary to a potential buyer to walk in and like be at zero at the beginning of every month. So um, those are just a couple of things you can think about <laughs> if you are considering selling a business now or in the future. Awesome. Can, yes. yes. Can I do a bit of a summary? 
please. Once again, it's like every sentence you say, Nicole, I'm like, man, I'm writing that down. I'm writing that down. I'm writing that down. I'm going to summarize a few things here and then I, I will transition a little bit. So yeah. I think to, a big takeaway from what Nicole said there is the difference between strategy and tactics. So mm-hmm. Nicole said, hey, I've got a marketing strategy. There's stuff I'm doing consistently, which is going to bring leads in and clients in. And I think that's very important. Anyone can do tactics. Anyone can do a Facebook post today, can do an Instagram post tomorrow, can send out an email the next day and can go to a networking conference the next day. They're all tactics, right? Unless you've got it together in a specific system, which is like, all right, cool. Every week I'm going to make this Facebook post. The goal of this Facebook post is to generate leads. With those leads, I'm going to give them a call and I'm going to bring them down to a free session or a free week. The goal of that free week is to get them to sign up. Hey, if they don't sign up, I've still got their email address and I'm going to email them every week with my newsletter or some sort of tip. And I'm also going to drop them into my Facebook group where I do my live videos and my tips there as well. That would be the difference, right? If you've got that strategy and it's work, it's got to work, right? If you've got that strategy and you're like, okay, great, what's happening is I'm doing this and every week I'm getting five leads and one person is signing up and I'm building that database. That's the difference between a strategy and a tactic. So that would be my advice there. If you're listening to this and you don't have a working strategy, find one. And probably the best way to do it is to hire a business coach. I know a good one, Nicole Spencer, that does that sort of thing. (laughs) So if you're under 10K, she might be a good person to, to speak to there. So I love that there. I love the leverage side of things as well because really there's only so many hours in the day, right? There's only so many things you can do yourself. And for me, this was pretty easy because I suck at a lot of things. So I was like, hey, I could spend hours trying to figure out this myself or I could pay someone a few dollars on Fiverr who's probably going to do a better job than me anyway. So I, I love that side of things. And if you want, that's the, 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 I believe the secret to success is leverage. There's only so much you can do on your own The secret is going to be how can you leverage yourself so that you've got this person doing this and this person doing this and then you've got more time there. What I like to, and I don't always practice it myself, but what I like to do is be half a person in front as opposed to half a person behind. So I'm going to use the boot camp example because that's my bread and butter there. Let's say you're running a boot camp and you're getting, let's say 15 people come to each session. And you might say, hey, as a trainer, I can run 15, 20 people on my own. So I don't need to hire another trainer in. I'm just going to run that on my own, right? Um, But what I would recommend is bring another trainer on anyway, even if it's just to one or two sessions, because what happens is the next month, summer comes around, all of a sudden you go from 15 people per session to 25, 30 people per session. Now you can't handle it on your own. You've got to go out and try and find another trainer to help you. They're probably going to suck because you haven't trained them and you're going to lose those clients and get back down to the 15 again. Whereas if you were half a person in front and you were like, great, you know, I've got 15 people. I've got another trainer that comes down and helps me once or twice a week. When those numbers explode, hey, you can handle them because you've got that extra person there. So I, I love that there. And especially virtual assistants, like I can't believe, and I, I think it's a knowledge thing as well because I was speaking to my personal trainer. I hire a personal trainer myself the other day. Um, I hope you're not listening, Claudia, because I'm going to give you a little bit of, no, I hope you are listening. So you actually take this advice. So I was telling her about a virtual. I was like, hey, what are you doing today, Claudia? She's like, man, I'm just so behind on my paperwork and entering in these direct debits and sending these emails. It's going to take me like two hours to do. And I was like, get your virtual assistant. It's like four bucks an hour if you to get a price is obviously different, but you can pay about $4 an hour. And hey, if that saves you an hour of paperwork and they can do it anyway, why would you not? 
either go and train someone and make 50, 60, 100 bucks or just take an hour off and do, go and do a salsa class or learn Spanish or just get an extra hour of sleep, right? So I love mm-hmm. that leverage side of things. Now, this is when I think we can transition a little bit. And my, I think that from what I heard, the three things that you did that really helped your business, Nicole, was growing that email list, was networking and getting those referrals. Now, my question from there, uh, a few different ways we can go about it, but I guess someone listening to this now, they're like, all right, Nicole, I'm at $0 or I'm at you know $5,000 a month. I want to get to $10,000 a month. Would they still be the three things you'd recommend or what? If you could give us three tips, three actionable tips that someone listening to this now, they're not at $10,000 a month, they want to get there. What would be three actionable tips that they could go home and do? Yeah. So, you know, you were talking about like, you know, timing around hiring and that kind of thing. And I really think that growing your business is all about being proactive rather than reactive. And what I teach people with authentic marketing strategy is not quick win. It's not run an ad, get a ton of people in the door and then, you know, see what happens, right? It's this constant steady growth strategy that is going to have new people coming to you every single month where there are no highs and lows in terms of both like your clients, your revenue, but also your effort because you're just doing the evergreen, the things that are happening all the time, all the time. Like you're just consistent with those things. So yeah, if you don't, if you don't work every, every day, have something to grow and nurture an email list, you're missing out on huge opportunity. And interestingly enough, Um, I just did an interview series with other fitness business experts and one of the experts was sharing that the average touch points required from lead, so from the time someone finds you to sale, has gone from that old number of like 7 to 12 to over 20. Mm -hmm. So people need more than double the touch points that they used to need to say yes to a sale. And in fact, he was also sharing, because he runs ads and campaigns and things like that for fitness professionals, he was also sharing that the average time span it takes someone from becoming a client after they've become a lead. So after they've entered your email list, right? The average time span is six months. Mm. So if you are chasing money right away and giving up when it doesn't happen, you're leaving the majority of your money on the table. So that's why having a list is so powerful. And your social media is not an email list. You do not own the platform. You do not own the contacts. So if you think you don't need an email list, you're wrong. (laughs) So that's number one. Can I, uh, I'll, I'll add, yeah. I'll back up that point as well. Yeah, yeah. So this is my whole social media strategy. Whatever money I invest on an ad, obviously I want to make more than that back, but I'll settle for a break even as long as I'm collecting the leads. So let's mm-hmm. just say you're running, a, let's use bootcamp again, because that's my background. Yeah. So let's say, for example, you're like, I've got a 12 week bootcamp coming up. Great. I'm going to put 500 bucks on Facebook ads. And let's say your bootcamp is 500 bucks for a 12 week bootcamp, Right. So you Mm -hmm. might put 500 bucks on a Facebook ad. You might get 50 leads, right? Over here in Australia anyway, if you have a good ad, you can get leads for like 10 bucks, right? It's good, but still you can. And I'll keep those numbers to keep it easy. So you might put 500 bucks on a Facebook ad. You're going to get 50 leads. Even if only one of that person signs up, you've made your money back, right? Mm -hmm. Which is fine. You haven't lost anything. But those 49 leads... That's where the money is because, hey, in week six, when you do bring a friend week, you've got 49 people that you can email again or that you can call again or that you can text again as opposed to putting out another Facebook ad. And don't get me wrong, I'd put out another Facebook ad anyway, but it's just you're compounding on that, right? Because, and as Nicole mentioned with social media, 
great. Put out a Facebook ad and get 50 new likes on your page. They're still not going to see your stuff unless you boost it or unless you put an ad out anyway. Whereas if you have that person on your email list, it's basically free marketing. So I love that there. Thank you for point yeah. number one. Point number two. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Actually, sorry, I yeah. might just um, add a little bit to that as well. So obviously, um, they are intertwined. So it helps if you have good content to post on your social media to help build your email list. And I believe you actually have a um, a program. Is it is it is it even a free program? Yeah. Then to call it that, that exactly. Yeah. So I do, I do write uh, done for you content for fitness professionals and I sell that content. But what I did was because I know it's such an obstacle for so many people. Um, and really the challenges are always around like, well, I don't know what to write about. I got to show up every single day and say something. What is that going to look like? I don't have time. All of those, you know, those things that you might expect. And so what I did was I put together a fast content creation formula for fitness professionals. And what this is going to do is it's going to help you outline a month's worth of content in less than an hour. And you can just kind of rinse and repeat that cycle every month. And I'm also not only giving you guidance around what you're going to share in terms of your content, but the, this is the type of content that's actually going to connect with people and convert them into paying clients versus content for the sake of content. Because I'm going to tell you right now, no one wants more, more knowledge or education about fitness, nutrition, meal prepping, what else? Like science articles, like nobody wants any of that. They Boy, want connection mm. and that the connection is what will get them over the line to say yes to themselves and yes to working with you as well. So the fast content creation formula is going to help you with that. Love that. And I'll just, I'll even expand on that a little bit more, right? Like, yeah, content's yeah. okay, but the goal of posting content is essentially to get someone closer to being a client. So mm -hmm. otherwise it's almost a big waste of time if you're just posting for the sake of posting or you're just posting to get a few likes, like the goal is to move them down the line. So I recommend everyone get that. And just to make sure I got that right. So that's 30 days of pretty much done for you content. So I sell that. The content oh, okay. creation guide shows you how to do that for yourself. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. Yeah. Awesome. And yeah. I'll put that link in the show notes there as well. Uh, point number two. Yeah, um, speaking. Like if you, want, if you want a whole bunch of clients faster than any other method, you need to speak in front of groups. And if you don't enjoy that, that's okay. You can learn to love it. Like I used to be like, oh, it's not your personality type. It's okay. You can do something else. No, you are giving up so much money and helping so many people if you're not willing to speak. Now, of course, the other side of that is making sure that you have a high converting talk, right, that you give to people. But um, I used to speak all the time and that was one of my top three sources of new clients. And it what you do, like, so if it takes you from lead to client in six months by doing, let's say a lead magnet or getting people on your list, it can happen instantly. You cut mm. all of that time short because when you're standing in front of somebody, you build trust and you build a relationship so much faster than you do in any other way. So if you're not speaking and if you have an online business, I actually do this as webinars, right? So, um, and it, it's the next best thing to being in the room with people because people get to hear you teach and train and, and that kind of thing for, um, you know, an hour or so. So that is point number two for me. If you're neglecting that, it's time to get on it. <laughs> Love it. And I'll also add to that as well, where yes, agree hundred percent. And that's where I put a lot of my effort in at the moment. 
And I'll even take it to the social media side as well. So obviously speaking in front of people is the best, you know, webinar is the next best. And then probably video on social media is, is down below on that as well. Um, but even with all of those three things, the better of a speaker you can be, the better it's going to be. Like it's all well and good. As Nicole said, it's got to be somewhat converting, right? Where you can go up there and speak, but if you suck, uh, it's going to be hard. So get better at it. And just a few um, things I've done personally myself. First thing is I signed up for a program, Toastmasters. I think they're in the USA as well. It's yep. um, it's it just it's basically they you do a speech every week and they help you with your speaking. And it's a bargain. It's something like a hundred bucks a year. So I recommend everyone do that as a base level. It is um, sort of an entry sort of thing. From there, I then actually hired a speaking coach or I went to a, um, a public speaking boot camp with one of the top speakers in Australia, Sam Cawthorn, if you're listening to this. And I did a, you know, a three-day boot camp with him. It was, I think, $5,000. But it was some of the best money that I've ever spent because it enabled me to craft my story and learn how to talk. And then I've been able to use that on and on and on. And then even to this day, I actually hire a comedian to help me with my videos and my speaking and my talks and my webinars to make it funnier. Because as Nicole said, like, man, if you do a video on Facebook about how to do a push-up, nobody's watching that. But if you can sort of make that a little bit funnier, a little bit more engaging, a little bit more humorous, hey, more people are going to watch that. And that goes along with everything. If you're giving a talk, great, you can give a really good talk. But if you can make that funnier and get people to laugh and like you, hey, that's going to be higher converting as well. So, and I'm not a funny guy, right? But I wouldn't know a joke about anything. But now I can actually make a few people laughing talks just from that coaching there. So, yeah, if you're listening to this and you're like, ah, I'm not a public speaker. Hey, go out and learn. There's endless resources. So I love that. Point number three, Nicole. Yeah, point number three is networking. Like, mm. I just think it's such a mistake for trainers today to think that it's just enough to post to social media and then the content or I'm sorry, the clients will come. And it's very passive, right? I look at marketing as being either active or passive. Passive is like, I put it out. Hopefully they come. Active is like going out and getting it, which is obviously going to be more effective. So um, so yeah, I mean, I'm a huge advocate for BNI, which is all over the world. So BNI.com, I think, and you can find a local chapter. Um, but there's other networking groups as well. And I recommend going to quite a variety of them and seeing what feels best for you and which groups are actually passing the most business because, you know, networking groups, like as a fitness professional, you will get clients from a networking mm -hmm. group, even though that's not the point, right? So the point is to tap into each other's networks to build a referral team, right? So if you're in a BNI group, for example, with 30 people, you have 30 people who are thinking of you every time someone in their life says, oh, I really need to get back in shape or whatever. Just, just, and, just, just for the listeners, if they don't yeah. know what BNI is, just give them like a quick, quick one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One. So it's, it stands for Business Networking International, and it is a referral networking organization. So the same people go to the same meeting every single week, and it's all about relationship and trust building. And for they've all got their own business, right? So you might be a personal trainer there. There's a lawyer there. There's a doctor there. There's a computer nerd there. And they all say, hey, if I'm a personal trainer and I've got clients that need a computer nerd, I'll send them your way. Hey, if anyone needs clients that got to get fit, they send them to the fitness trainer's way. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So that's like the first step, right? Then there's, you know, the opportunity to, to utilize them to book your speaking engagements. There's mm -hmm. the opportunity to utilize them as more of um, like 
a, a business, like a strategic partnership with other businesses where you step it up a level and you, you co-create this plan for how you're going to help each other grow businesses aside from just what you're, the, what you're doing in there. And so if you're, you know, networking is the most powerful thing really. And so I did so much of it when I had my boot camp and my online business, my online weight loss coaching business. And now, I mean, I'm in a very specific niche doing marketing coaching for fitness entrepreneurs, but I just hosted this online summit with 21 speakers. And guess what? That's networking, right? Um, going to events is networking. And so, yeah, put that on your to-do list like today. <laughs> I agree 100%. And I'll give my feedback there. So I think I don't like the word luck, but if there's one element of luck in running a successful business, the more, especially face-to-face -face or even online, right? The more people you know, the busier you're going to be. It's really, it's that simple, right? Let's say, let's use that same situation again. I'm a better trainer than you, Nicole. I know five people in my local area. You're a worse trainer than me. You know, a hundred people in your local area. You're going to have a busier boot camp than me simply because you know more people. Now I can do two things. I can sit back and say, ah, oh, she's lucky. She's lived there longer. She knows more people. She's a female and they talk more. I could use any excuse in the book or I could just go out and freaking network and meet a hundred people myself. And then all of a sudden that, that, that is gone there. So, and I, I, you've taken networking to the next level than what I do or I ever did. Um, but even just some, some simple things that I did when I was running my boot camp is do everything possible in that local area. Even go back to Toastmasters. I know it's not a BNI where it's specific. No, but it, it's all relevant. Yeah. 100%. And I'll even say, because I actually have never done BNI. I've heard about it. I just never did it myself. But let's use some of the things that I've done on a smaller scale level. Hey, I went to my local Toastmasters. There's still 20 people there in my local area. At least one of them is going to want to get into shape plus their networks as well. I did um, Spanish classes at the local high school, right? I half of it did it to learn Spanish, but I half of did it because I'm like, well, hey, I'm just going to get around more locals that are potentially going to do my boot camp at the same school I'm hiring out to do it anyway, right? I learned salsa classes. I did everything possible, yes, for a bit of fun as well, but I also went in there with the idea, hey, the more people I can meet in this local area, the more people are potentially going to go into my boot camp there. So I think that's yes. – and actually, it also ties in with online too. Because my whole strategy is meet as many people as possible, but also when I meet them, I go armed with my phone. So I add them to my Facebook, I add them to my Instagram. So now it's like, great, I've met these people, but it's not just great, I've met them, see you later, bye, and then come and see me if you ever want to do any of my programs. It's great, hey, I've added you, you're now in my Facebook, that's the first step to getting in my database, you're now going to see the content that I post, and then if you're interested, hey, move on to the next step. So I yes. love that there. But hey, Nicole, it was awesome to chat to you, but we're actually coming to the end of the podcast here. I've just got a few questions I like to finish all my uh, podcasts off with. Now, you're obviously a mentor to heaps of fitness professionals out there. My question to you is, who's your current mentor or who was your latest mentor? So totally outside of this industry, um, her name's Jessica Riverson, and she mentors um, really more like conscious entrepreneurs. Um, so she's very into energy and um, growing uh, essentially like high ticket coaching businesses. So, and she's amazing. So, awesome. Yeah. Cool. Um, <laughs> books. Yeah, let's go with books. If you could recommend either go your favorite book or the book that had the most impact on your life or books or a book that you recommend your clients or students read. 
Yeah. Well, I'll go with the one that I recommend for all of your listeners the most, especially because we're, we just went through, you know, basically what it took to start and sell a boot camp in three years. And the book that everyone needs to read is The E-Myth. Oh, um, yes. that's, that's just one that you have to read because it's going to challenge all of your belief systems and your mindset around how you operate your business and, uh, and to hiring and to delegating and becoming really an entrepreneur and not just the, the you know, technician, the worker within your business. So if you haven't read the E-Myth, it's like the essential book for every entrepreneur to read. Oh, yes. There's a graph in that book. I don't know if you know the one I mean, where it's, it's basically the hierarchy where it's, you know, you have the CEO and then under there, the manager, and then all the different roles. And to start with as a one person, you basically have to write your name into all of those there. I yeah. still use that today and it's my, my favorite thing. And it feels silly at the start because probably best just read the book and you'll see what I mean. Um, but yeah. yes, 100% agree with yeah. that there. Uh, Nicole, best place. If anyone's listening to this and they're like, that's great. I want to hear more about Nicole. Am I right in saying your, your best places to follow you on your personal Facebook profile and your Instagram? Yes, that is correct. Awesome. Absolutely. I'll put mm-hmm. these links in the show notes, but on Facebook, it's simply Nicole Spencer. And on Instagram, it's Nicole.Authentic.Conversion. Is that right? Correct. Yes. Awesome. Well, hey, Nicole, that's actually all we've got time for today. Is there anything I forgot? Is there anything I should have asked you that didn't or anything you want to finish up with for my listeners? Oh my gosh. Well, we could just keep going on and on, but no, I think that was, I think that was good. And I'm happy for anyone to reach out to me with questions. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks very much for your time, Nicole. Thank you so much for inviting me to be here. If you liked the show, share it with your friends, subscribe on iTunes, and leave us a five-star review. For show notes and free training on how to grow your boot camp, visit www.fitnesseducationonline.com.au. Are you a fitness professional looking to provide your clients with personalized meal plans? Check out Mealsy, the ultimate solution for creating custom meal plans in just a few simple clicks. With Mealsy, you can say goodbye to countless hours spent on meal planning. Our Australian meal planning web app is designed to save you time and effort so you can focus on what really matters, your clients and their success. Mealsy provides you with a vast library of recipes all created by nutrition professionals. From breakfast to dinner and everything in between, we've got you covered. Whether you want to create a custom meal plan tailored to your clients' needs or choose from our selection of ready-made meal plans, Mealsy has the flexibility to accommodate your preferences. So why waste precious time and energy creating meal plans from scratch? Let Mealsy do the heavy lifting for you while you focus on delivering exceptional fitness services. Join the community of fitness professionals who have revolutionized their business with Mealsy. Visit our website at www.mealsy.com and sign up today. Mealsy, the smarter way to meal plan for fitness professionals.